this week on the Happy Half Hour. We're also kind of at that spot now where all of that planning and all of that intangible stuff has now become real. We now have a Frank Reich. We now have a head coach. And it's what's his stamp on this team going to be? What's his staff going to look like? And all that stuff's going to flow in over the next couple of days and weeks. Touchdown, Carolina! It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Augusta Stone, and Darren Gant. It's that time of the week. It's the Happy Half Hour podcast, and the podcast is presented by Prowling Vineyards Napa Valley, which is the official wine brand and wine club of the Carolina Panthers. These premium selections celebrate the great people of the Carolinas and the Panthers' hunger to achieve excellence on and off the field. You can learn more at prowlingvineyards.com. It is your friends, Kristen, Darren, and Augusta, and we have a lot to talk about. We took a a few weeks off after the end of the season, but now feels like a great time to bring the Happy Half Hour podcast back because if if you haven't heard, the Carolina Panthers have a head coach, and his name is Frank Reich. Yay! Big news. Big news. Big news. Big we're news. all just a little, this is, um, I'll just say this, we are recording this at 10 a.m. on Wednesday, and we're all a little bleary-eyed. <laughs> we had the, the press conference yesterday and all that that entails. We've been preparing. Uh, some of us went on Thursday night to uh, Frank's daughter's house to do mm-hmm. an interview, so it's been quite the weekend, quite an exciting weekend, but um, I will say it was hard to get out of bed this morning, guys. Yeah, <laughs> today's like the day to unpack all the leftovers. It's like, you know, oh, you're, man. you're sifting. Day it's after, almost like yeah. day after Christmas. It's day after like, Thanksgiving, you make do, a nice turkey sandwich. What do we do with all this stuff that's <laughs> here now? So it's, uh, yeah, it's quite a month. And it's coaching searches are always a little um, exhausting anyway because they come at the end of a long season. And with the season stretching out the way it it has in recent years, 17 games, 18 weeks, plus training camp, plus all the other stuff, you get to the end and you're tired anyway. And then it's like, oh, okay, we've got three and a half more weeks of stuff to worry about and prep for and plan and do all that kind of stuff. So by the time you finally get to that point, it is like, coach. But they've made a decision, and it's and it's Frank Reich, and he was in the building. He's been in the building the last few days, yeah. and certainly did the whole the whole media thing. What I thought would be interesting for everyone is to kind of go through a, a little timeline of behind the scenes. I think that's something that this this podcast mm-hmm. does well, um, and um, you know about what our experience has been and and how we prepare for all of this and. I, you know, Augusta is just such a savvy old vet at this point. <laughs> First NFL season. And uh, you have been through, I mean, like I said, you're never going to forget your first NFL season, although this is technically your second. But you've really, you've covered just about everything. You've had a first time for everything within just one season. So it's, there's very few things that you will you won't be prepared for or won't have experienced um, in the coming seasons. <laughs> exactly. And I, I honestly, there's a part of that that's super comforting to be so young in my career and be able to go through all of this. Um, all that's left is free agency. That's what I'm telling myself. Once I get oh my through gosh. that, I've done everything. I feel like you've I been know. here for seven free agencies. I know, right? <laughs> no, in like a way. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's oh, the last got step. Oh, you've got free agencies. That's and nothing. Compared. You started at training camp. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's 
I mean, it's been awesome. It's It's been really cool. And it's February 1st. January was a long month and a short month all at once because you look back and you're like, so much happened. I'm really big on like at the end of months looking back, especially at my work. And I'm like, okay, what all did I write? What all did I do? And I'm like, oh my goodness, like thinking where I was January 1st and January 2nd and looking at the catalog of things that have happened, but also how quickly it felt like it flew by. I do... A similar thing, and um, our boss, Bill, makes fun of me for this, although it's it's easier for you two to do because everything you do is in writing. I save my notes, not from everything, but, you know, I had, let's for instance, I hosted some panels yesterday, and I had um, cards with the, the panther head on them and stuff, and I will put those in a little file and save them because... You look back a few months later and you go, gosh, we did this on this day and this on this day and this the next day. And I, mean, I guess I could pull up my video footage, but that would be weird. So <laughs> I, I like to look back as well, especially because you're caught up in all of it. And, you know, it can just you, you forget. Oh, yeah. And in that week in January, you, you wrote, what, eight articles in Nesta <laughs> and you, you know, and three in one day and all that kind of stuff. Darren, how do you categorize before we get into everything? How do you categorize um, big events? Um, I have, you've seen my desk, you know what it looks like. Yes. There is much paper on my desk. I've contributed to the deforestation of at least a couple of counties. <laughs> um, it, I tend to stack things up and, and stick them in boxes and drawers at some point later. There are three big boxes in the corner of Bill's office <laughs> full of my old notebooks from the 2010s. And so I'm, I am a hoarder of stuff. So things tend to stack up, and, and that's how I remember it. But I told, I told Augusta early on in January, I said, congratulations. This is the first time you're going to write a lot of stories that never see the light of day. Because all the, all the stories about Frank Reich that we did use were coupled with all the stories that we did not use. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of stuff. And being prepped for a coaching search means – being prepared to throw a lot of stuff away. So yes, we call it, it the content graveyard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and there's a lot of stuff in it, and that's just kind of the nature of the thing. But it, you have to be ready if it's coach I, and I A, think, B, C, or D, and just ready to push the button. And we were prepared. I think that that was something I was just going to clarify as well, if you're listening. If you've been listening for a long time, uh, you probably understand. But for those who don't know, Darren is saying – there's a lot of stuff that doesn't see the light of day because you're preparing for different eventualities, not right. because something uh, can't go out or something like that. Right. What Darren is explaining is, you know, there was a coaching tracker on the website. Um, that's generally as much as, as we know. So we prepare for a lot of different eventualities because also time is of the essence when something right. gets announced. You're essentially in this holding pattern for a few weeks or however long it takes to decide and you want to be prepared you know you start doing your research on on different candidates and so of course the stuff that um that isn't relevant doesn't mm-hmm. make it yep yeah and and I'll put it in the file with all those stories about quarterbacks that never showed up here <laughs> oh and different <laughs> free agents who never arrived and stuff like that I mean and it that's just kind of part of the deal that's part of what we have to do but it is interesting now that it almost feels like we're changing gears today, and it is very much that Thanksgiving leftover kind of day. Like, okay, all right, now what? I don't it's time want, to start I'm, planning for Christmas. I'm going to have to yeah. cook again soon. Yeah. What are the ingredients left in the refrigerator? So uh, today is a big day for us. We're going to get on a whiteboard and start talking about what the rest of February and March is going to look like. Well, so. That's uh, that's going to be part of our day, but we're also kind of at that spot now where all of that planning and all of that intangible stuff has now become real. 
we now have a Frank Reich. We now have a head coach, and it's you know, it's what's he gonna, what's his stamp on this team gonna be? What's his staff gonna look like? And all that stuff's gonna flow in over the next couple of days and weeks. Yeah, it's funny. I was I was talking to Scott Fitter yesterday, maybe the day before. You know, all the days blur together um, as we were. <laughs> Going through what uh, day is yes, it even? I right don't know. Now. When Augusta said February first, I was like, "It is February now." That's good to know. <laughs> staring good at, to my, know. <laughs> at my laptop too, so don't. I, I had no. I'm staring right here at the very top corner that says "Wed Feb One." <laughs> Wed like, Feb One. <laughs> I sounds know about it. how my brain sounds right now. <laughs> Wed Feb One. I was I was talking to Scott um, a couple of days ago, and he said um, after after the press conference, oh, we get to get back to football. He, he was going down to, to Mobile, Alabama um, for the Senior Bowl with some members of the, the Panthers front office and staff. And you're right. it is it, The press conference is over. It is turning the page. And so we are going to talk about all of that. But I do think it would be fun to go back a little bit to, to some of the behind the scenes of what it looks like from each of our perspectives uh, when we hire a new head coach. So as we said, during the coaching uh, search you know, we're all kind of waiting. It's like, don't make any plans. Don't go too far, anything like that. And so uh, we get the news that it's it's going to be Fra- Frank Reich right around the same time that um, everyone else gets the news. And I had a, a fun day on Thursday because we got word, and this is something that's, that's really neat, and it's a privilege, um, and it's a testament to our leadership that this happens with the Panthers because I, as far as I know, this isn't really uh, the norm. A group of us uh, got to go to Frank Reich's daughter's house. She happens to live in Charlotte, and that is where he was going to be after um, agreeing with the Panthers. And um, our photographer, Chanel, got to take uh, photos. Our videographers got to shoot some stuff, and I got to do an interview with him, um, which was really, really neat. So we did a, a just a, a get-to-know interview, and then we also did this walk down memory lane with memorabilia from the 1995 season, which I especially enjoyed. I'm sure if you're listening to this by now, you know that he was the, or you have known for <laughs> 25 years now, 30 years, that he was the, the first um, uh, Panthers quarterback. He threw the first touchdown pass, so we got to go through some of that stuff that he had never seen before. And the Reichs welcomed us in to um, their daughter's home. And it was just, it was really neat to get to see them. And the thing that has stuck out to me, and I, I think Panthers fans will appreciate this, we felt like there was a very small group of us there. And it was like if you're celebrating, you think about with your family, a birthday or um, a promotion or whatever it was. It was a very uh, intimate celebration at his daughter's house. It was just the, her and her husband and uh, Frank Reich and his wife, Linda, and um, they had like a little charcuterie board set out. You could tell that they were celebrating as a family and they have a lot to celebrate about in addition to him getting this job, something that was very near and dear to my heart. His other two daughters live in Greensboro with their families. And so now as a family, they are all going to be able to live full time in the same state. Frank Reich and his daughter. I got to stop saying Frank Reich, too. It's just a nice it's like a good name that is like a double name. But I, I got to go to, you know, Frank. Uh, Frank and Linda have four grandchildren, and so they're going to get to be around them. And something very similar happened to my family. We've all lived all spread out, my brothers and I. And then within the last few years, I'm the, I'm the furthest away now in Charlotte, um, about two hours away. And for my mom and my dad to be able to watch their grandchildren all grow up together is a very special moment. So that was something that was very touching to me. Um, and it was really a privilege to get to, to kind of get a peek into the family life there and what right. this really meant for everyone. So I, I thought I thought fans would really appreciate that. It was, it was something 
that I'll certainly remember. Sure. And, and Frank's got, he's got such history here. He kind of laughed uh, when, when we spoke on Monday, the day before the press conference. I was just talking as we walked through the hall from one place to the next. I was like, hey, you, you and I actually spoke last back in the spring. Because when we were doing Sam Mill stuff for Hall of Fame, mm. I called him up and talked to him about playing with Sam and everything. And, and Frank kind of laughed. He said, I actually do remember that. And I was <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it was the highlight of your spring, of course, talking to some guy in Charlotte about, you know, something that happened 28 years ago. But he he says, and he was kind about it and said he actually did remember it. But he doesn't mind talking about a lot of that stuff. And it was such a brief moment of time. He was able to... Uh, make a pretty big impact in a short amount of time. And one of my favorite things about the buildup to this was talking to Kerry Collins, who was the rookie quarterback who eventually, and everybody knew, was going to inevitably replace Frank. Well, Frank told me as that the starting when we were going through the yeah. uh, all the memorability, he was like, we all knew Kerry was going to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everybody knew, but I thought it was so cool in talking to Kerry, who's now living in Nashville, and he's settled down. He's kind of got a farm there, coaches some high school football, raising kids. Um, but Kerry said it didn't hit him at the time because Kerry had his own journey in football. He was a first-round pick. Uh, he matured uh, during the time he was here and after he left here and, and sees things differently now than he did maybe when he was a rookie in 1995. But Kerry talked about – there was a point in his career in 2006 when the Titans brought him in late in training camp to basically be the veteran mentor for their first-round pick, Vince Young. And and Kerry kind of caught himself, and he said, I knew what to do in Tennessee because of Frank. Mm. I knew how to handle that role because I saw it with my own two eyes, and I lived it every day. And, you know, Kerry kind of acknowledged he probably didn't appreciate it at the time, but with a decade of perspective, it's like, oh, here's how you're supposed to fill that role. Here's how you're supposed to be that guy because I watched Frank Reich do it. That's really that's really neat. And, you know, he was not hired because of his connections mm-hmm. to Charlotte or North Carolina, certainly. But it is neat to see someone uh, appreciate the history that is here. And um we all uh, live here, and certainly Darren and I grew up in North Carolina. And it's nice, you know, when you got someone that uh, that appreciates what it means to to right. be here. Uh, it's just a, it's the cherry on top, right, of of everything. And so it's been it's been neat to see yeah. um, how excited they are, and then also hear the history a right. little bit. It is really special. Yeah, I've always said anytime I've got an excuse to talk to Dom Capers, that's a good day. <laughs> you know, Dom's just one of the great people in the business, and. And when I talked to Bill Polian, who's first GM, yeah. um, Bill was pretty upfront about saying, you know, Frank's just one of those great people in the business. And he equated him to, to uh, he equated him to Marv Levy. He equated him to uh, Dom Capers. And he's just like, that's that's who he is. He's just that kind of quality character. And anybody that's ever encountered Dom kind of knows that. Dom carried himself a certain way, was very regimented, was very direct, was very together. And that's kind of what Frank presented yesterday in that press conference. I mean, you know exactly going in what to expect out of a Frank Reich team. You know exactly what he expects people to be like. I think another thing that I would want fans to know, and I I said this yesterday and I've, I've certainly said it um, to, to people that we work with, is that when when – 
the news came out, the news broke, I got multiple text messages right away from several people that had worked with him. Um, and they said, you all are going to, to, to love him right. and his family. And uh, he's a great person, great coworker, great leader. Um, and and I said, oh, you know, thank you so much. And then the text messages kept on coming in, you know, the praise and stuff. And, and I think that's a great sign. And if I were a fan, I would want to know that. You know, there's still... Or as, as Darren said, there's going to be a lot that comes out over the next few days. There's still a lot of decisions to be made. We're now turning the page to 2023, and there's all the football stuff that, that has to happen. But I think that's a great start to, to know that the people that he has worked with for uh, long periods of time, and I was not the only person. I, I know a, a, around our team, certainly a lot of people got messages like that and calls like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just think that's a, that's a really great start. So, Augusta, take us through... Monday, Tuesday, with Tuesday being the the big press conference day, and not just the press conference that you saw, but there were a lot of um, uh, photo ops and um, you know opportunities for him to meet the staff and things like that. So, what's it been like from your perspective? Yeah. So, right after it happened, I actually got in contact with his brother, who coaches at Wingate nearby. He's been there for over two decades, and that was really that was kind of the first taste of me getting to know the Reich family. Um, I talked with him on Friday, gave me thirty minutes of his time, and I thought it was very generous because today is National Signing Day for colleges. Wow! And yeah. so he he told me he goes uh, when Frank got hired down in Carolina um, <laughs> on Thursday, my phone kept buzzing. I'm talking to recruits, and I have to turn off my phone because it's like distracting. Oh me. my! That's he, a gr- I didn't even think about yep, that. He said he turned on his phone to. He told me exactly 134 text messages like, oh, your brother's coming to the Panthers. And he was so out of it. But um, he was really generous with his time, um, just telling me stories about how um, just kind of the whole Reich family sort of picked Charlotte as their second home. I mean, so he's there. Their sister uh, also lives in Greensboro, obviously, uh, his daughters. And and so um, but but one of the things, uh, I guess, just getting to know Frank, obviously, Darren and I got to speak with him on Monday for the first time, watching his press conference on Tuesday. It kind of uh, harkened back to some of his background in Charlotte. Um, when they were here, he said yesterday that his family had settled here between when he stopped playing, I think it was in 1998, and when he went started coaching um, his first stint with the Colts, he spent 13 years here, and a lot of that was actually spent um, in seminary and becoming a pastor. And it's it's interesting, like, whenever I was watching that press conference, it, it felt, you know, I, I felt that energy at times, especially, you know, he had all those regimented, you know, this is a five-step program to this and a four-step theory to this. And, and it felt like I was in, you know, in a church pew or sometimes, you know, just the way he talked. And, and it was interesting, that delivery. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a lot of background work before it happened. And then when it happened, we had a plan set in place of, um, Darren and I both did, of people we were going to reach out to, stories we were going to write um, in the interim before the press conference started and then, you know, get to meet him before the press conference and everything. We had plans. I'm a big planner, so I'm excited for today because Darren was mentioning the whiteboard and I love knowing what's going to happen. And without having a coach in place, we didn't know. So those days were kind of tough for me personally, but knowing that we'll have a plan. The only thing left, the only dominoes left to fall are coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So once we get those, we're good to go. Oh, by the way, just that. Yeah. He's going to hire an entire staff. That's a thing. And we'll get to know those guys. And, and, that's what's that's what's neat about right now is there is a gear shifting and it's like there's a lot of stuff and before you know it we will be in Indianapolis at the combine we will be talking draft stuff for the next month and we'll go through free agency and it'll all be on top of us I would love to 
um, hear one thing as, as we kind of wind this down. I would love to hear one thing that in talking to different people or in talking to him, what's one of your, your favorite stories or anecdotes or something that stood out to you or just a, a feeling that you got about him? Like I said, for me, it was uh, the family, you know, just how much it meant to the family to, to all be back here. I thought that was really neat. But uh, everyone can certainly read your incredible work on Panthers.com, yeah. but give us a little a little excerpt from something that really just stood out to you. I, I just think seeing all those old guys, I, I got a chance to catch up with John Casey before the press conference and visit with him a little bit. And They all came to the press conference. They, or a lot of his yeah. former teammates came to the press conference Pete for anyone Metzlars who didn't know. was there, Dwight Stone, Gerald Williams, Mark Redenhauser, I believe, was somewhere in the building. So, you know, it, it was neat to see, A, how many of those guys are near and settled here and you realize when you see things like this that a team really is part of a community i mean mm-hmm. john casey is part of charlotte as much as he is part of carolina panthers history and he can, he shows up because of frank reich and and john just went on and on about the kind of person frank is and, and i think that's one of the things that's important for a lot of people to know moving forward is this is a guy who is kind of dug in and he is going to embed himself here and you know Charlotte's one of those places I've said before people want to retire here and they want to stay here but we're getting someone who is going to be good for Charlotte as well as good for the Carolina Panthers hopefully. Mm -hmm. So um, I I'm gonna go back to when I spoke with Joe's brother he told me the story I actually closed my article about it um, or with the story but I really loved it um, it's it's kind of like exemplifies uh, Frank as a person how he kind of like he said that his brother always kind of he he notices the moment you know he doesn't let the gravity of things sort of uh, I guess erase you know the fact that he can soak in you know this is cool that this happened and he was talking about I'm looking back it was Super Bowl 27 it was when he came in for Jim Kelly. Uh, when Buffalo lost pretty bad to Dallas. Um, and he said after the game, you know, it was a pretty bad – like he was completely honest with me. He's like it was a rough game for Frankie. He threw like two interceptions, lost two fumbles. It was it was kind of rough. And we're walking out together, and he turns to me, and, you know, there's, there's a Super Bowl. There's coming in. There's the rough game and getting blown out. And he's like – but he turns to me and goes, dude, like I just played in the Super Bowl. Mm. Like that – that was, and he goes, I love that story and I love it. It just makes me think of my brother because he, he notices those things. And he's like, whenever I was talking to him after he accepted the job, he's just like, this is so cool. Like he – I and I appreciate as a person that can – kind of remove yourself from something and and soak it in and be like, this is awesome. And he was so proud telling that story, you know, a younger brother. And I just, I appreciated the tone of voice and everything. And and that's interesting. And I can't wait to, you know, get to know the person who who's able to soak in moments like that. And as a journalist, that's great because someone can tell vivid stories and details. So. And as a coach that I'm glad that you told me about that. I, I haven't had, I've got to catch up on all my articles. I have not had a chance to read that with everything that's been going yeah. on. <laughs> I barely had a chance to, you know, eat. Uh, so, um, but yesterday I was doing a, a Q&A and um, someone asked in, in the Q&A, what is something you wish you knew as a player? This is too frank um, that you uh, would that you teach your current players or that you instill in them. And he said, yeah, just you got to flush the last play. And of course, that's coach speak a little bit, but but paired with your story, Augusta. And he I mean, he really dove into it of just. The, the only way that you can succeed is to put the last play behind you. And, and what a great example of that you're talking about, you know, to be able to, to have a game like that and then to have the perspective to be able to appreciate the moment. Right. And I do think that's what he's going to instill um, in these players. And, and that's a, certainly a big part of being able to, to win. 
and bounce back. All right, this was fun. I, uh, Darren, I guess I hope you both get some sleep at some point. Um, <laughs> Getting caffeinated. Yes. We're good. <laughs> uh, I definitely need some. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Happy Half Hour Podcast.